Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Chews Radio. Happy uh, happy Saturday. Yeah. Sylvia Lovely, Chef Jeremy Ashby. How you guys doing? Doing good. fine. I'm still stuffed from Thanksgiving. Yeah. What'd you have? So Twitch. we did we did more traditional Thanksgiving. You know, we did ham instead of turkey. Um, but I was going to ask, you know, they say that, well, I guess, so today's Saturday. Wednesday, li- earlier this week, was the official throw out your leftovers day. You guys are done what? with... Yeah. Say that again. So Wednesday, the Wednesday after Thanksgiving ah. is the official national throw out your, your leftovers day. I don't know anyone that kept them for six days, but if you have any, you should well, probably, they're I, done. I freeze them. Now, freezing's So I'm the fun. freezer yeah. queen. So yeah, I mean, you can have stuff like that for oh, a you, long, long time. You can keep it probably, you know, for a good, I mean, they say, say I've kept something in the freezer for a year. They say six months. Oh, but, I know, but they yeah. say so that stuff. how much do you guys usually have left over? This year... A decent amount. I guess we probably, probably enough for two full dinners and then a few like TV. But you dinners. get kind of tired of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. get tired of them, you know. And the and the vegetables kind of lose their right. You know, they get a little mushy. Stuff only reheats so many. Yeah, times. so many times, and and all of that. We can tell in the restaurant business when everybody throws out their leftovers. Because you literally, I mean, if you're open <laughs> for Thanksgiving in a restaurant, then you're gonna be chalk to the yeah. gills busy because people some people just don't want to do that you know they right. go out and enjoy it uh but the day after friday is black friday mm-hmm. people are out shopping that whole weekend restaurants are are p- pretty slow unless you're next to a mall yeah so yeah usually by around this time you know uh you know the following weekend emerging. you start seeing people kind of you know, oh, emerge. Yeah. They're a little bit fatter than they were <laughs> yeah. a couple weeks ago. Maybe a little bit. They need to shave or maybe put on some makeup, <laughs> lipstick, or whatever. But they start emerging again for the holiday season. Oh, so let me it. ask, after Thanksgiving, all right, so that's that, that time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But after Thanksgiving, and you know you've stuffed yourself, and you know mm-hmm. you're going to stuff Miserable, yourself, yeah. right, do people eat healthier? I was going to ask. Do yeah. they order healthier stuff? Or, or do they, they just, continue ordering yeah, they just you know, go the good stuff? I think they intend to, and they try to for about two weeks. This is the, this is my life experience sure. talking, really. Okay. Then, But then the holidays yeah. hit you. Then December hits, and then it's, you know, how many times can you resist holiday sweets that people bring in? Right. How many How many times can you say no to, to all the good yeah, holiday stuff? Or drinks, stuff? you know. People have these nice little drinks and things like that, and you drink more yeah i mean who can have just one drink I mean, I know. So well, to get come you come through holiday parties exactly. you gotta have some so when people come in like tonight <laughs> at azor this this time of the year are they going to order are you going to sell more salads or more steaks so honestly i think that um people come come out to eat to 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 have fun you know i don't really think that it's really all about health now we do have options for that we do have some clientele through the week that you know appreciates having some some dinner salads and stuff but i think people go for for what sounds good don't you think the holidays opens up the floodgates and people are just like oh i'll just worry about that in january right which is why the health clubs do so well in january 100 percent. yeah that's a that's gonna be a january problem yeah you're like oh i'm just i'm gonna give in and just have a good time because you're going to holiday parties and who can resist all those little tiny goodies you know yeah, and I, honestly, there there's a point in the day, I, I, it happens to me often, I, I've sad to say, that I just think that I've 
reach the amount of calories my body can actually absorb <laughs> anyway. So you might as I mean, they're just going to yeah, pass I mean, through me. Not, right. you know? We might as well just keep going. Today. Just keep going. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Today's, hey, today's lost. Speaking of saving up for something, though, you've got something going on that yeah. you've done now for several years. Yeah, I can't even tell you how long now, but it's become the most popular dinner of the year. It's called the Feast of Seven Fishes. I did not invent it, but I think we've almost perfected it mm-hmm. in terms of if you want to have a feast. Um you know, uh, Sylvia, like when you're when you're a young chef, you know, and you you dream of having a restaurant. You you know you manifest ideas. You 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 visualize yourself, right. and you you think about who you want to be. And you know, honestly, when I look at this dinner, and I get to stand up and introduce it. And I look at the dining room. This is the one where all my friends, my family are there. Like the dining room looks like it Will did. You Are you still doing the long table setup? So we have one of those, but it's gotten so big that, that we, yeah, we yeah. sub table it. Um, and some groups are like 10 or 12 themselves. Right. So that kind of works for them anyway. So it, I'll tell you one of the fun things about the long table. Yeah. You usually sit by somebody you don't know. Yeah. And you get to know new people. That was the idea behind it. Community. And and we, we like that. We will, we'll put together a communal table, but, um, and that's what we want you to do. It's kind of about sharing a feast together and maybe talking to somebody and it's served you know. in big dishes right yeah or so is it individual it, no it's going to be served family style so the guys the feast of seven fishes is an italian tradition usually on christmas eve and you're just celebrating the the birth of of, of jesus right uh and i guess uh, the story is you don't eat meat so the italians they eat fish mm-hmm. instead right so uh we're doing seven different types of seafood critters mm-hmm. so to speak seven courses these are wonderful courses i've done them all seven courses of seafood Watch and this is sort of family on. style you sit down there's an empty plate in front of you but then we just bring out platters to your table of you know you serve yourself like you were at a family dinner mm-hmm. you know the wine's flowing we're celebrating this is thursday december 21st it's not christmas eve at azure but this is a fun one to go to uh we're starting off with our fried calamari dish which i have to bring back every year out of popular demand it's like fried calamari with chickpeas and tomatoes and raisins and pine mm-hmm. nuts and roasted red peppers uh, and then we go into garlic and marinate garlic marinated shrimp and mussel salad and that's with crisp celery and mint and lots of lemon juice and extra virgin olive oil to kind of coat it the Italian farro that we add in there is kind of a, a grain and I love the way that the farro and the mussels match in texture it's really unique uh, linguine with red clam sauce, a classic that'll grace the table next. Then sautéed flounder piccata, which I love this classic dish. We'll have these lovely little flounder fillets. I'll lightly flour them and sauté them. They're just a little crispy and brown on the outside. And then uh, piccata sauce, which classic, uh, well, the way we're going to do it was shallots and garlic and lemon juice and capers and uh, a little bit of white wine and we'll fold in butter and just make a sauce to pour all over that fish. Then we'll do seared scallops with parmesan polenta and brown butter sage pan sauce. That should be over the top. This is a new dish for this year. I'm doing a white truffle risotto, but on top, I'm mm. just basically drowning it in garlic buttered crab meat. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds amazing. Good right? Lord. That sounds amazing. Is that going to work sounds, for you, Twitch? Yeah, that sounds amazing. All right, then we'll finish up <laughs> with a little uh, chocolate hazelnut panna cotta, which let's just say it's just a little. No ha- fish in that, right? 
No, no. That's this the actually, if you look at the courses, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's seven courses. The last one doesn't have fish, That's but the shrimp and mussel salad. There, there was two go. fishies in two there. For one right? Two little. Bivalve or, or shellfish, sorry. Uh, so do that's the menu. It's seventy-five a person. You get to eat all this stuff. Is it, do you bring? Uh, uh, will you be selling wine pairings and with the different courses or? Correct. How does that work? Um, you now, gotta have wine, right? You gotta we do. do. You have to. Uh, we of course have the full wine menu. We also bring out what we call kind of picks for that dinner, and we I think there's a ticket where it's all you can drink wine for a certain price or we also have some chiantis and some uh some italian wines that we bring out that we sell by the bottle but yeah this this dinner is definitely meant to be enjoyed with wine so does the old hold true they used to say you know red wine with meat white wine with fish and i feel like those rules kind of went by the wayside right yeah yeah, gotten a little loosey-goosey well yeah they have gotten a little bit by the wayside and then you know that's a general rule it doesn't always apply right, right? i mean like pinot noir and salmon is fantastic it's delicious right well, find me something that's and then pinot noir. have you ever had a white pinot noir no brilliant wine and it's it's the the it's actually the red grape but the, they uh they juice it and you know take every skin. yeah take yeah, it out it's still wow. completely white so it's actually a red wine white juice yeah so does that work? You know, so yeah. what's the flavor? Does it when you drink it? If your eyes are closed, do you think it's a red wine or do you think it's a white wine? Well, it's chilled, so okay. it um, automatically just your brain goes to white. But you know, just like a white Zinfandel, it's actually a red grape. You know. That's oh yeah, not, I guess you're yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so there there are some playful ways to do that, and uh, but for the most part, I think generally you you know your red meats stand up to the tannins of, of red wines. And, yeah. You know, did so. you did you pick up anything new for your for the seven fishes dinner when you were in Italy? Anything that refined anything in particular? You know what it did was solidify a lot of things for me. It right. gave me a lot of legitimacy that yeah. what I have been cooking uh-huh. and what I have been tasting, I've been doing correctly. Oh, good. Uh, so, yeah, there's a few little tweaks here and there. Um, but this one, the the white truffle risotto and crab, that's def- definitely from yeah, my new experiences. Correct. Uh, same thing with the flounder piccata. That was uh, just kind of, it reminded me mm-hmm. of that dish. You know how, how sometimes... You know, you want to overcomplicate things, but I just remember since, you know, we did such heavy or actually just did pasta courses every time in Italy, we always ended the meal with some kind of meat or fish, and it was very simply prepared with nothing else, a nice sauce, maybe a little vegetable or lettuces. or uh, So it just brought, it just kind of reminded me how nice it is to have a nice piece of fish with a nice little sauce, you know, just yeah. how, how beautiful that and simple that dish is and how complete it is. Yeah. Do you think that maybe... We in America, we like to put a lot of things on our plate all at once. We right. have these big yeah. garbage plates. We love, you know, five. Like at different. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a meat and three, which turns into a meat and four because you got a side, then you need a yeah, side yeah, salad. Yeah, and you yeah, gotta yeah, put. yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, you're right. If you go to another country, go to Italy, for instance, you get your fish, and it's on a plate. You enjoy that on its own. Then the next course comes, which is really a pasta that would have been a side. Right. Well, what a bit outside of our, but it's a course, yeah. Yeah. So is that you think that's is that a more satisfying way to eat? And do you think you eat less when you do it like that? You think that's a more healthy way to eat? Maybe it's way better experience, but I don't think we would slow down enough to enjoy that. You're right. That's I just true. don't think that's it fits our in our lifestyle here. But they're way better at it, and the, the ingredients are just much mm-hmm. more focused and disciplined. Mm-hmm. 
period. Wow. They can take three oh, ingredients and make it the focus. It doesn't have to be this, yeah. this, this, with this, Did and this, and that. You were going to take a look at, and I know the bread making, you've talked a little bit about yeah. bread, um, that somehow the flour is different over there. Did you get deep enough to know that or i really uh tried to ask a lot of people that question unfortunately everybody i went with they didn't really have any gluten intolerance or gluten allergies to speak of because that's what i was after like okay are you having any issues or do you think there's something different i have to report back that the pasta and the bread made me just as fat there as it did here yes so i don't really know um bring it on it, it didn't do anything for me but i don't really have intolerances like like that so and when you're talking about eating pasta in italy and, and this this my question is for the home cook i think the one thing we do wrong maybe in america is we overcook our pasta oh yes we don't that's not that way when you is there a good test to know when your pasta is the perfect al dente so it, yeah so it's a little bit stiffer it should be a little stiffer than we yeah. eat it yeah, I mean, it needs to be malleable. It, it should not snap. But um, I don't, I mean, the, the, the term to the teeth, al dente, there's something to the way that's described. It's almost like if you put the noodle on your teeth and, and just press down, if it has a little resistance, that mm-hmm. means it's to the and that's the test i don't really know what to say but yeah we like uh, any any place that you've had pasta at a major corporate chain here in in the united states it's overcooked yeah period they don't Mm. and also and a lot of the times it could be just flour pasta or egg pasta with just white flour whereas most of the pasta there is going to be semolina it's a harder harder weed it's harder to cook it's harder for the body to break down and I think that's probably a lot of it, which is, you know, you have smaller portions, but it's a little bit to the teeth. There's a little bit more chewing involved, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit more filling because your body's got to do a little bit more work to break it down. Yeah, it's not as processed. Correct. Okay. So, Feast of the Seven Fishes, by the way, getting back to that, if you want to make reservations, you do need reservations for that. Where do you, what do you do? Who do you call? How do you do it? Yeah, so you're going to want to call 859-296-1007 for reservations. You can make them on open table. Um, you know, as we do with our chef series dinners and special events, it's kind of like buying a ticket. So you'll probably be asked for a credit card number to secure the reservation. There won't be any charges. It's just the holder reservation because um, a lot of time and effort goes into your meal and preparing your meals we want to make sure uh, you're there and how many people because you said how many are already signed up tons right yeah we do about 70 people and uh we are we're halfway booked and it's it's coming up in a month or in In three weeks yeah Yeah. so and and then you got to turn right around and do new year's eve (laughs) yeah we'll talk about that on the show too guys that's definitely um you know definitely (laughs) a a big deal for us and everybody really it's gonna be end of a weird year so yeah, you got to turn it around <laughs> really fast. <laughs> you know, the last couple of years, I think people have been very excited to say goodbye to. Yeah. You know what I mean? The last couple of years, people are very excited for New Year's because... Uh-huh, because right. we were still... Can't be emerging. as bad as the last year, right? Uh-huh. So at least that's the thought. So yeah. looking forward and to 2024. And you're going to come back from England and tell us yeah. all about your foodie experiences in uh, a place that's not known for foodiness. Well, you know, you know, and that's true. Eng- uh-huh. the, the British people are not known as, you know, the, the it's Culinary not the, the, the flavor palette of, yeah. Yeah, of, of Europe. But weird thing, I'm very excited for, for going to England. We're going to London for Christmas. Is I'm really excited for the Indian food. Yeah, oh, I've heard oh, yeah, from everybody it's the <gasps> best. That was my best meal in London. Yeah, that's oh, what I've heard yeah. from everybody. Oh, is yeah. that some good sausages there? It's the it's the best sausages Indian food outside of India, and me and my wife love Indian food. 
So You're that's kind of, it's the birthplace of chicken tikka masala. That's not an Indian dish. That's can, a that's a British dish. Can I uh, urge you to do one thing? Yes. So the, you don't really see Indian restaurants in the United States as fine dining. Mm-hmm. We just right. we don't categorize that ethnic food. We don't now in a major city. There's some meccas to Indian mm-hmm. cuisine that are mm-hmm. in the Michelin star category or five diamond. Uh, you're going to find some that are high end, like a fine dining situation. I urge you to go and experience that. Okay. Spend the money and do something because there's going to be a million Indian restaurants. Go and go and get it from a chef that's Treat really yourself. pushing the boundaries. Okay. That's it's a hot cool. topic right now. And what would you order? Oh, I mean, you know, I don't know. Or I'm, would you order something you're not familiar with I just would. for fun? I would. I'd probably do some some lamb, like a Rogan Josh or something like that. I I'm real big. I'm a big fan of sog, which is the spinach. Oh yeah, I, I just love that. I think that more people would be vegetarian if more people ate Indian food. Because and your wife is a vegetarian. My wife's a vegetarian, which is why we do Indian. But Indian cuisine to me is the best vegetarian. You don't miss the meat. It's 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 not. We've what does she order then? You know, Same. we were we do we, a lot of the the Golby, uh, which is the um, um, the cauliflower. Uh-huh. Uh, we do a lot of the Golby. We do a lot of the the chickpeas, which is uh, I can't. I'm, I love chickpeas. I'm trying to remember what the what the uh, Indian names are for it, but we do a lot of that. We do a lot of the uh, the vindaloo and the I, do, I don't know. I just there's nothing I don't like. Yeah, there's just nothing I don't like when it comes to and the naan. By the way, the naan, it, I love the naan. naan is the best to me. The best bread in the world for a pizza. Make your sure. There is a couple of restaurants in in, in London that do non bread pizza. Yeah, it's not a far off thing. Yeah, you know, yogurt's probably the only ingredient right. that separates the two. So really excited. And to I'm try down that. with some yogurt. So. Oh yeah. Well, listen, we got to take a break. And uh, speaking of mm-hmm. uh, of delicious food, Bose, the new breakfast and lunch place in Beaumont, open now. The uh, owner Spencer coming in next yeah, to talk about Bose it. Cafe. Don't go anywhere. Food news and choose radio. Hey, welcome back. It's Food News and Chews Radio. Thanks for joining us. Happy Saturday. We got a lot to talk about today. A new place in Beaumont. Love new restaurants. Yeah. New restaurants open. <laughs> it's like a new restaurant's like a puppy. You just want to go there. And, <laughs> That's true. Uh, Bo's Cafe. It. Spencer. I've been petting on it a lot. Have you way. been? Yes, yes, I have been. Spencer Searles of Bo's Cafe, which is in Beaumont, kind of next to Jay Renders. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. So how so first off, how long has the restaurant been open? A month. Oh, so it's new. It brand, brand new. new. It's a baby. And the biscuits are to die for. Now, did you Just guys, saying. Did you guys do like a big grand opening or do one of the kind of soft opening things to figure it out? Or we did. Is there really a way to do a soft opening in Lexington? I think they... No, we, yeah. we went with the quiet open plan and yeah. to try and have a little time to work out some kinks and, yeah. um, you know word spread quicker than we expected <laughs> right it doesn't so. take too long to find <laughs> this new not. place that's open well let's just kind of start at the basis let's start about the concept we'll start about what you guys do and then i want to talk food and about definitely. the biscuits yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah you're in biscuits today so you guys are mainly breakfast and lunch we are yeah, strictly breakfast lunch open from uh we do open to go at seven and then the full service side opens at and, eight and uh, this is interesting because it's breakfast all day till you're closed right correct yes so that's good well, good deal. So, and there's a coffee component attached. Is that correct? There is. Yeah, we um, we partnered up with Sunnergoss out of Louisville. Okay. Um, it's a roastery, and so we get our coffee from them. And good deal. So, good deal. See, I wish I'd known that because I offered him radio station coffee. <laughs> 
And like, <laughs> you have good coffee, and someone offers you radio politely station. said no. Yeah, right. Politely, I was like, oh, maybe he's one coffee. No, 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 he's one radio station, which I totally oh, understand. Yeah, I okay. want to ask a question yeah. about that. Is it coffee with a little bit of food on the side, or food with some really cool coffee on the side? I think we we like to hit both. Okay, so you they're know, like equal we, partners. Yeah, we. Um, we wanted to serve really good coffee and we wanted to serve really good food and i feel like we kind of hit a 50 you know we hit a mix of that so i'm sorry i just looked at something on you what what, what did you just pull up go back up the, with the pancakes look amazing but yeah, there was something you. there oh, with yeah. berries and yes yeah, there's so a special thing baby. that's a thing oh. that we should really touch on is there's really not really i don't think anybody around here that does dutch babies except you guys yeah. right so let's talk about where, where that came from and, and what, what it brings to the table um i mean i have some past memories of eating dutch babies yeah. um it's not a regional thing here is no, that an actual thing though that uh you reached back in history and there's actually a or did you invent no it's it's a thing it's a thing um ah. and it's a type of pancake it is and it's a very Bernie thin batter and you cook it in the oven right yeah so you heat your you preheat your cast iron mm-hmm. and then add butter and you put in that thin batter so it heats really quickly and that's what makes it rise and then you throw it in the oven let it finish bernie got that and just slurped it up and like yeah. yeah. <laughs> both of us so this is a dumb question but on some level is a dutch baby sort of an american version of a yorkshire pudding it is in yeah same family, same family. it is thin right batter, yes hot pan exactly lots of oil, and it just yes. pops. does it have more say leavening than a pancake is it does it puff up because it's high heat or is it even puff up a whole lot it's high heat and it's a lot of egg a lot of eggs, it's a so. very egg so does it have kind of like that german belgian pancake feel a little bit more on the chewy or doughy side look it's a little more custardy it's gotcha. it's not super it's a little chewy yeah. like a little bit but it's um you know it's kind of custardy almost nice. yeah so when you're doing it when you decide i'm gonna do a breakfast place first off why breakfast i'm just kidding and then secondly because is it like a, just a, a thing you like to do a thing you like to eat how do you decide what's going to be on your breakfast like because you're like oh i'm gonna do breakfast i gotta do it a little differently how do you decide all right we're gonna do breakfast but we're gonna do this twist on it um first we we decided breakfast because we saw a need, a need for yeah. it sure um i always honestly say there's never enough breakfast places i know i love breakfast yeah. places there's none of places there's something you have the bar i want to come and just sit at the bar and watch people and drink my coffee yeah that's my next conquest absolutely cafe. <laughs> now another thing that this brings to the table which really i don't see in this region at all also is a true rolled french omelet yes now that's that's not exactly an easy thing to execute especially in a line cook situation or a breakfast spot so i'm gonna let him explain it but there's some touches to it it uh yeah it can get a little daunting (laughs) back there um but it's for me it was more of i wanted to offer something different but also i just really love it texturally Mm -hmm. right yeah Um, it's my favorite honestly it's my favorite i know it's it's tough but it's my favorite way to eat eggs. Yeah. Something about it is just so satisfying. Well, it, so, Sylvia, so what's your – well, we're probably used to, mostly in this region, would be like a, a southern kind of exactly. French omelet. Typically, you know, stuffed, and then sometimes it's got a little color on the outside, yeah. right? You know, and that's kind of a no-no with a French omelet. Really? Some of them are just folded over. Some of them are lightly rolled. Um you know, the lightly rolled ones creates that kind of soft texture Fluffy on the outside. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I'll let him speak to it more. But, the you know, just kind of the, the, the heat control that you use in the pan is 
it, it takes some skill. Yeah. 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 It's, so uh, tell us about it. So you, you have to be very – it's a very attentive thing. Like, you can't walk away from it. Yeah. You so can't multitask. Not at all. Yeah. No. And you'll – if you ever – you can see into our kitchen. If you ever have French omelets on, you can see them there sitting there yeah, working or that omelet. Low but, heat, right? Well, you start high heat. Oh, okay. Start high heat, add your eggs, and you work it and just so it doesn't stick. And you want it high heat because you want to make little ribbons. So you okay. want it kind of cooking quickly. And then once you get to the point where it's still like a little wet, Oma, like still a little undercooked, you shut it down really low. Oh. And then you kind of work it out into its shape and let it cook at a really low temperature so it doesn't caramelize, but it forms the outside kind and of stuff. One what of my quintessential, just like, I don't know, best food moments of my life was just, you know, French butter and, a, a, you know, okay, just a nice. French omelet, right? Yeah. With just a little bit of butter and fresh white truffles. And is there something dive. in yeah. it that makes it French? Like, like what are the stuffings? The well, no. Typically, this one it's it's the preparation of it. And in fact, but you can put anything be in very it. Very much fold over. Is I that think right? that'd be one thing you don't really want to do with yeah. a French omelet. Is yeah. it's you very don't? few ingredients, if any. Maybe some cheese or butter. I mean, yeah. it's really so it's just herbs, egg, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Herbs. It's like a, it's a, it's an egg experience. It's an egg experience. Yeah. I, I was gonna ask everyone in the room because I, I think to me eggs I, I we, we talked about how people try use omelets as a test of whether someone can cook or not you make an omelet right but <laughs> it's just almost an unfair test it is <laughs> but here's the thing there are so many ways I, I know there are so many ways to cook eggs period but there are actually a lot of ways to cook scrambled eggs you can do a pan scramble where you scramble them in the pan. Uh -huh. You can scramble them in a light scramble. You can yeah. do a little white. Some people like the white. They like to see the white. Some people like them, you know, I use an immersion blender when I make my eggs. Some people like big ribbons. Some people like smaller. Like, what is your fit? Because it's such a simple thing. It's just eggs and butter to pan. Well, do you have a preference on how you like to eat them? For me? Yeah. Just like I said, soft scrambled with butter and chive. Uh, and okay. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I, I see, like I say, I'm the I'm the one. I've, I've been there. I've been supporting Bo's Cafe a lot. We uh, and the eggs are so good. Oh, what's the secret to really good eggs? I mean, they're perfect. We, for, we source them locally. It's an art. Yeah. So we get um, local cage-free eggs, so they're good. They're flavorful they're to begin with, yeah. Um, but... For me, it's just about you just not overcooking them. To, you have to be relatively gentle with eggs, I feel like. And you can't, like, unless you're, you know, a hard fried egg where it's crispy on the edges is good high heat. But I feel like cooking scramble, you need to oh, take a little more time. So good. Time. Also, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you mess up the white a little bit, it turns into plastic. Yeah. It yeah. actually has that yeah. crunchy but, you know, plastic it has to be an wrap over It's hard to get it. eggs right. <laughs> So, you know, I think part of what you guys are speaking to is when, when, when you're making a dish and it's only three ingredients, eggs, butter, and salt, yeah. they got you, A, they got, the they technique got harmonize. has to be really on point, yeah. and the ingredients actually need to be really good. For sure. So when you said something about locally sourcing your eggs, like mass produce, another, you know, eggs are a great food no matter what you get, but eggs, there's a, a really big difference between a locally sourced fresh farm egg and a mass-produced grocery store egg, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. 100%. Really? There's a different level of like richness to its yolk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You must yeah, be a super taster like uh, Chef. <laughs> you Twitch. can tell those yolks like just from a mile away. <laughs> really? The, the color of them, the, the, the height of them. 
um, you know, some of the water content, just kind of how the, the white is formed. I mean, there's just really no really good stuff. difference. It's almost like, and I'm not saying that mass-produced eggs are a bad thing. We, we need those in the food supply, definitely. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the amount of time well, that they're if you're going to have an egg on your plate, you cage to the shelf, really good. or if it's yeah. just that um, you know they're not mean, fed the right you know yeah. nutrition or not. So. Yeah, and, they, and maybe a mix or something. The, the mass produced works, but if you're having plate a plated egg, you know, for some people that sounds really plain, but that's typical of me. An egg and biscuits did i say biscuits <laughs> <laughs> and see that that does require a lot of skill and hats off to you guys i mean taking the the the, the local focus approach to breakfast because guys i'm gonna tell you right now out there in the world people are the most picky about an egg mm-hmm. and a hamburger yeah. and they're like you'd think the easiest <laughs> yep. things to produce out of a mass produce like oh you can't even cook a hamburger like yeah. not the way exactly you want it and then the same <laughs> thing with eggs you know yeah. Um, over medium is different for everybody. And, uh, Tell me about your biscuits, though. They are so good. But you've ruined it for me. I can't have biscuits anywhere now. <laughs> good. You Cafe. keep coming, having them at the restaurant. <laughs> um, so we use uh, Weisenberger Mills all-purpose flour, and we use an organic um, cake flour from uh, Janie's in Indiana. Um there's it took a lot of r&d to get it to where it's right a little bit before it's almost too much butter <laughs> but yeah. right on the edge so Is there's it all butter biscuit all butter there's a lot of butter oh. um, <laughs> we we chop up the butter uh half of it and half of it stays in rounds and then we just try fold and roll try fold and roll it's a lot of so it's Crunchy a lot of layers and, and then soft on the inside it, yeah. uh, and then we really we egg wash good. it which gives it a little bit of that crunch on the top and nice. and explain yeah. the potato i was just looking at your menu so you guys do deep fried scalloped potatoes so they're not they're not scalloped they're just layered okay so it's like uh thinly sliced and we layer them out um each layer gets salt and clarified butter and then we wrap them and bake them. And as soon as they're done baking, we weight them down, press them, and freeze them. So they kind of formed a layered potato With block. butter in between yeah. the layers. And then yeah. you fry it. And then we cornstarch dredge oh, okay. it and fry it. So it's real So it's a quick pickup for the, the cooks. But there's a lot it of is. preparation behind that, yes. especially keeping up with probably your major starch. For the yes, restaurant. we sell a lot of them. So you're going to yeah. be making those a lot. Yeah. Does, let me ask you this. Does and, and by the way, I want to talk about your education, your background, too. You went to Sullivan. Right, ah, we right. love Sullivan. They're our sponsor, and they're such awesome. a great place. And, and spawning all these great chefs and yeah. all of that. Uh, organic. Does organic make a difference in the taste of food? Or is oh. it just health-oriented? Um, is I would it more say pure? it depends. I would say... That's that's tough, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it can. I think more so than anything, it's a. Uh, it gives you confidence you're eating something. Yeah, that's it's, it's a health benefit. It's you know you're avoiding things that are probably not the most beneficial for your body. Yeah, so. I mean, I feel like that's it's a hard thing to answer because you know a carrot mm-hmm. is a carrot from seed it's how it's treated and how it's farmed that makes exactly. it between organic and just right you know your normal uh, you know agriculture I, I think really the organic produce is probably cared for better 
in terms of they don't have any pesticides or anything like that. So the shipping is going to be a lot quicker. You're going to pay for more on the shelf, yeah. you know, because yeah. of that. So I think overall it's maybe shelf life. Organic's probably fresher. Well, and a lot of times when you're buying it, it may be from a and, local. And store. a lot of times uh, I think that people don't go through the process of becoming organic, even though they do. Even though they do a good job. Uh, they yeah. do a real good yeah. job, and local's probably better because people are kind of watching what you do at the local level. You're very much right, Sylvia. There's a, there's mountains of paperwork involved with, with that licensing. Um, the grower <laughs> that I use, he's organic, but he's not going to. Go through all of that, yeah. I I don't even think he fills out the Kentucky Proud stuff. I mean, he's just that kind of guy. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to mess with it. He grows food, and here you go. Mm -hmm. It can be, I think a lot of times it can be, being an organic farm can be difficult because you, it's not a super lucrative business (laughs) from a financial standpoint. It's, it can be really tough to to not have that cushion of, like um, pesticides or antibiotics for beef and things like that that help you maintain um, what you have and not have losses. Right. Because normally so the be yield tough. is smaller. And, you know, right. and I, I would imagine in organic farming, also the, the fruits or vegetables, whatever, in general, are a little bit smaller. And you go by the organic section, they're, they're not quite as big as the big mass-produced, God knows right. what's on them, vegetables, you know. they. Right. So I think with that, I think... I think, to me at least, when something's bigger, going back to your point about flavor, I always imagine to have less flavor. Something smaller seems to. I go the other way. You think so? (laughs) Really? I've dealt with a lot of little fancy frou frou baby vegetables in a lot of cities and a lot of dinners, and they're first show. They don't. I mean, you yeah, you want a big healthy vegetable it's gonna taste like something yeah <laughs> oh big is better there's a like a morgan and morgan I don't, I don't, it's yeah, different I don't, with meat the, I don't like the size kind of the other thing. way around on the tenderness though. <laughs> all right we won't go there <laughs> so we, we got about two minutes left uh, uh, oh Bo's, he does lunch too yeah and lunch we'll get yeah. bo's uh bo's cafe in uh beaumont right next to uh, jay render so go check it out for breakfast and for lunch what is everyone's favorite like one breakfast food I, i'm like and i think yeah, I'm just curious. Like, what do you like when you get up and you're gonna eat anything for breakfast? What do you want? Sausage for biscuit. Okay. And you got Ooh. one. We do have one. What's your favorite? Uh, do you have like one favorite like breakfast? Because to me, it's a, do I? Yeah, a biscuit with a side of potatoes. I don't even need like, yeah. any protein. I just yeah. want biscuits and potatoes, and I'm completely happy. Well, jeez, anything Latin's good. Biscuits and gravy are probably my much my like. You know, growing up, all-time yeah. thing. Yeah, I love a too. breakfast burrito of any kind. But I think my favorite overall, like, just breakfast dish might be chilaquiles. Yes. Yeah. If love that's done properly. That's really yeah. good. Man. Man. Yeah. And when you open yeah, a breakfast restaurant, you get to make exactly what you want, right? So what's your thing? What's your favorite thing? On, oh, actually, this. What's your favorite thing on the menu? My favorite thing on the menu would it's probably like probably be the fried chicken sandwich. It wouldn't even be a breakfast item. Ooh, but the fa- favorite, just try that. favorite breakfast Honestly, I think our pancakes are kind of sneakily good, and I have a lot of nostalgia to pancakes. So. Yeah. You know, I saw yeah. their whole wheat, too, and I, I really like a whole wheat pancake. Uh-huh. I really think that that's just a really appropriate yeah. time to use a whole wheat flour for you really to taste the flavor. You know, like a shortcake yeah. like that really makes a difference. Is there – we got like one minute left. Is there a secret to restaurant pancakes that is why they're better – in restaurants because i find the one thing that's always better in a restaurant is pancakes i think it's ambiance just the surroundings who knows man i don't know maybe like uh, my, my kids my kids say chocolate chips 
what the ones at restaurants. Yeah, pancakes? there's pancakes are just better in restaurants. Is there? Do you think there's a reason for that? You didn't make know. them. You didn't have to make the batter. Maybe I don't know. I, I think so. I, That's I what like I think it is. We, we, maybe we over mix or just we don't use a, food. A just tastes better in a restaurant. We don't want to use I mean, whatever the mix is anymore. I, mean, I think you know even a yeah. standard pancake mix that you make homemade off the internet's probably going to. Yeah, yeah. And we should mention lots of buttermilk. We should mention too. Again, he's a Sullivan graduate, and we're proud of Sullivan and all that they've done. And it produced two, uh, one great chef here, and a mentor to many young chefs over there with Chef Jeremy. So well, yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, uh, Spencer. Thank Spencer, right? Yes. Spencer Searles of Bose Cafe Correct. in Beaumont. There's a next lot of to Bose. Jay Renders. <laughs> yes, next to Jay Renders. <laughs> yeah. Go check it out for breakfast and for lunch. And Kroger's. Because of Beaumont, Bose Cafe, Bose. Uh, yes, and my okay. partner's son, its name is Bose. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that big Kroger complex is kind of generally where it is. Yeah. Go check them out. We'll be back. It's yeah. Food News and Shoes Radio.